Hello and welcome to VetCast, uh, the podcast designed for small animal vets on the go. Um, today I'm going to be doing an episode exploring the idea of um, telemedicine. Um, telemedicine is something I've heard quite a bit about in the, uh, the veterinary press recently, but I didn't really know very much about it. I was thinking that I was not using it, maybe it's something that I should become a little bit more up to date with. Um, and decided to to do a little bit of research um, into the area. Um, importantly, it's something that the Royal College of Veterinary Surgeons has also been um, looking in and has done a, a recent consultation into it. Um, and so I've had a look through that and um, tried to kind of have a think about how all this, these recent changes apply to the general practitioner working in, in small animal medicine. Um, one of the first things I did when looking through it was I hadn't realised quite how much I was already using it. Um, telemedicine is it's nothing complicated. It's just veterinary medicine being operated with the use of of technology and we're we're probably all doing it in our everyday jobs um triage over the phone speaking to other vets both within the practice or um uh, across to specialists in um specialist referral centers phoning for advice calls um emailing between practitioners text messages, picture messages, either direct from the client or, again, between vets. Um, all of those things um, count as, as telemedicine. Whereas in my head, I, I probably only had the, uh, the idea of a remote formal consultation as being something that counted as, um, as telemedicine. Um, but, you know, as technology improves we're starting to see more and more opportunities to to use that technology to our advantages. Um, But I want to explore a little bit about what it means to us, what are the challenges for it, what are the risks um, of the the telemedicine? Importantly, what are the opportunities out there? How can this be of benefit to us, both as um, general practitioners, for specialists, for for indeed our clients, and, and especially for our patients? Um, so as I said, the RCVS has um, recently held a consultation in the on the issue, um, and they're not the only ones to do so. There's been um, many of the other governing bodies have also been deciding on um, how to to regulate uh, the telemedicine side of things. Um, in the US, the American Veterinary Medical Association um, have been looking into this, and um, across most of the states in in the US they've decided that in order to be practicing telemedicine it's important to have an already established veterinary client patient relationship um and they feel that that has to have been a, a face-to-face um relationship um there the only real exception to that is um Ontario the state of Ontario is exploring whether um, telemedicine can allow uh, a veterinary client-patient relationship to develop remotely without the need for a um, face-to-face and physical examination. Um, and that's something that here in the UK that we, we probably want to explore as well. Um, and, you know, where has this been driving from? 
certainly the human side is also very important to to look at um human telemedicine providers are, are starting to pop up as an alternative to your um local gp um there's services such as gp at hand or push doctor um those are, are providing access to a to a gp over the phone or over a um a skype call um and again the the human side of things has has started to regulate so um the general medical council they have started to provide guidance um and the care quality commission has started to provide um inspection programs for the providers of these telemedicine services and at the moment the the veterinary industry is is lagging behind a little bit so the the RCVS has completed their first stage with the consultation and then um having a decision as to to whether they need to update anything in terms of um telling us that we need to to have the patient under our care in order to to be providing services um but that consultation was a little bit limited um in terms of the, you know they got responses from both members of the public and um professionals um and the professional um bodies there um but only 21% of the the public who responded to that consultation actually had um experience of telemedicine already themselves and the professionals um quoted as as 34% um had experienced there so again this is such a new field that people are certainly feeling unfamiliar with it um i think as a profession there's going to have to be a little bit of experience gained in it before we really know what the risks the challenges and the opportunities are but it's it's certainly worth um exploring there um the RCVS consultation um in particular tried to have a look at where the the risks uh were um you know where could we go wrong if when we're providing um telemedicine consultations um certainly there was a kind of overall feeling that there was a lower risk with um certain clinical signs and clinical syndromes with you know the the standard flea and worm um conversations being a much lower risk than obviously scenarios such as a collapse or breathing problems um there um other risk also um depending on how familiar you were with the client and the the patient and the environment that they were in and i think this is you know partly what comes down to you know knowing and having a patient already established under your care that most of uh, the people who responded to the consultation felt that um the risk was was much lower um if the client and the environment known um and the animal was seen before and for the same previous problem so you know those uh, repeat cases when that's the case and you know they may be the sort of appropriate situations to start using um telemedicine um also as the technology improves i think that's uh changing how people feel about things so um again looking at the risk when using 
um, different types of technology. In general, um, the professionals felt that the use of wearable technologies such as smart collars um, lowered the, the risk or using um, technology such as video links so you can see what's going on rather than using um, online live chat where you get less of a sense of um, what is going on and you're relying more on an owner's description um, there. Personally, I've yet to use any of the, the wearable technology with uh, my patients. I've, I personally feel a little bit unfamiliar, but I guess, you know, as this technology starts to come in, you know, that opinion may change um, a bit there. Um, but importantly, some um, things to to think about the the Dogs Trust, one of the comments that they um, gave back to the Royal College was um, that whilst the more that is known about a client, their expertise, the patient and the condition, the lower the risk. However, the level of familiarity should not lead to complacency. And I thought that was a really good point there. Um, it is going to be an area there to, to make sure that you know, we don't become complacent about um, these things. And even stuff like flea and worming treatment, it's easy to become complacent that it's okay for any particular patient to have a, a particular product or to treat those problems. But sometimes they can be, you know, very serious and um, and can be masking, you know, greater underlying um, issues such as skin problems um, there that are, are causing a patient, you know, great deal of discomfort and shouldn't be underestimated there. Um, importantly, looking at the, what, what are the advantages of um, telemedicine? Um, I think in the general practitioner's situation, it can be extremely important for triage. The number of times I'm on the phone to a client trying to get a feel of of how serious a, a situation is. Um, and so, you know, speaking to someone over the phone or receiving an email and deciding whether it's important for them to, to come in and be seen directly as, as a vet. Um, and for, for many, it's going to become a um, help improve access to veterinary care and, and therefore hopefully, hopefully improve welfare for our patients. Now, that isn't trying to devalue our profession at all you know we're going to have to work on models to make sure that um, clients still feel you know they're, they're getting good value for um, the services and you know over the phone models that we're, we're still able to to justifiably charge for our um, opinions um, but equally there are scenarios where it is more difficult for for owners to to come into the to the clinic you know more remote remote locations in the uk or um to get a slightly more specialist opinion then um you know not having to come into the clinic may be important or indeed for clients with um mobility difficulties or difficulties getting out at certain times because of work commitments and things like that being able to um get access to veterinary care from a distance, you know, could significantly improve the care to our, our patients. Um, and then, you know, is this something that's just going to be embraced by, 
by all vets or is there going to be you know new more specific business opportunities out there i think this is something that that time will tell um with that um one of the big things was that the rcbs consultation asked um veterinary professionals in particular how did they feel about um whether we should be able to prescribe medicine for pets when no physical examination has been performed and there was certainly an overwhelming feel that that this shouldn't be allowed so 69% felt that we shouldn't be allowed to prescribe medicines when no physical examination has been performed Um, so going to a completely remote service at this stage probably looks less likely but you know the the RCVS will have to have a, um, a big think about um, that and provide further guidance as to to what is or isn't allowed. Um, Although when asked in a slightly different way as to whether there were certain classifications of medicine that could be done, 52% felt that there were certain classifications of of veterinary medicines that, that may be more permissible to um, prescribe on a remote basis and one of the respondents again had a very interesting quote that um, it's not that if they don't have a physical examination if a telemedicine consultation has been performed but rather the data gathered is in a novel fashion and I think that's a, a potentially true um, thought process there um, So I also just had a um, a look into a recent paper that's um, been published. Um, the paper um, just has a look at um, what has been... Um, sorry, has uh, looked into owner satisfaction for use of video owner satisfaction when using video conferencing um, at recheck examinations following routine surgical sterilisation in dogs. Um, So this was a paper that was published in JAVMA uh, by Bishop et al. Um, It's a very recent paper, November 2018, um, volume 253, number 9 on page 1151. Um, and I thought this was just a really good paper to to have a look at because it started to um, look on an evidence-based way of how owners felt about the situation. Um, In this study, they looked at um, 30 dogs um, on a randomised controlled study um, and they looked at uh, the the rechecks following sterilisation, they were all sterilised um, at hospital following uh, laparoscopic procedures. Um, 17 of the dogs ended up uh, with a telemedicine recheck and 13 of the dogs rechecked in, in clinics. And uh, the median duration time was about 15 days to recheck. Um, of the owners had had previous telemedicine experience. Um, But it was interesting to see how they they felt uh, about the situation. Um, In either scenario, um, both telemedicine or 
in practice rechecks, um, the owners appeared to be equally satisfied with the vet's ability to, to assess the dog. Um, but the, the clients with the telemedicine group um, seemed to be less inconvenienced um, and uh, felt that they, their pets were less fearful um, for the recheck than if they had actually come in in person. Um, although this wasn't a, a significant difference between these cases. So it's hard to to be too certain about the things. But importantly, all the clients were, were comfortable with the technology and 16 out of the 17 telemedicine group um, agreed that they would use the telemedicine um, set up again. Um, so just very... Briefly, I just felt that was a really interesting start to insight, start as a way of um, deciding that clients you know, could potentially um, use this as a, as a way of having follow-up um, in a way that is controlled and we can see whether um, clients feel feel comfortable with it. Um, one limitation with this um, study that I think is very important, they didn't explore the difficulties that owners face. Did the clients find it hard to actually look and explore at the wounds? Did they um, find it hard to um, measure things like heart rate? Indeed, did the, did the remote group even try to record parameters such as heart rate um, afterwards or try to provide a pain assessment um, those sort of things weren't addressed in in this and I think it would be really interesting for um, further studies to be done that tried to to look at you know how accurate um, telemedicine could be in assessing a, a pet compared to a, a hands-on physical examination and certainly from a satisfaction point of view, the, the authors acknowledged that no, none of the patients in the telemedicine group had a complication that was um, significant enough to make them come back to, to the clinic. And would that have caused um, the owners you know, significant frustration? They've had to waste their time not only with a telemedicine appointment, but then um, follow up afterwards. Um, what does all this um, mean overall for general practitioners in terms of where we're heading with, with telemedicine? Um, with the vet-to-client things, I think there's still a lot of things to work out and um, we still need to be cautious. As experience gains in the profession, we can work out ways that we can make sure that this anything that we provide to, to clients... Um, is reliable or how we can help the, the clients to provide information to us on a reliable way. Um, but another area that has become more and more important is the, the vet-to-vet telemedicine side of things. Um, and it's already increasingly on the use. So I'm certainly well aware of um, services that are providing um, image telemedicine. So not only um, x-rays, but using um, live footage of ultrasound, certainly CT scans and MRI scans. 
so that they can be read remotely by um, specialists. Also, oncology services and dermatology services that enable um, access to veterinary specialists um, there, so that the general practitioner can almost act as a as a part of a triangular relationship, where you have the the client, the um, primary care vet, and the specialist expertise of somewhere sort of more remote. Um, distance um, but for example in my um, from my own area of interest I, I love ophthalmology so um, both in terms of asking help from other specialists and having other general practitioners refer some of the cases to me you realise that how well other people can use the technology can really influence um, how well you can provide the telemedicine so Ophthalmology, if you're going to, to start looking at other people's eye cases, the quality of the, the photograph of, of a particular eye makes a massive difference. The number of times I have seen um, blurry, fuzzy photos out of focus of, of eyes and you really just can't tell what's going on. You, you haven't got the resolution um, there. So it may be that as telemedicine becomes more important, we start to embrace these digital technologies that learning skills such as photography or to to use other digital um, veterinary equipment um, such as digital stethoscopes or um, video auroscopes, things like that will become more and more important. Um, and why would we want to, to use that? you know, these specialist side of things. But um, importantly, most things is um, getting increased satisfaction with our cases. It can be really exciting if we can retain the case um, ourselves um, and indeed retain the case revenue. Um, and having that access to, to a third party enables us to um, be able to, to learn on the case um, there, so as time goes on, we can become more and more confident with a, a greater depth of case um, load. Lastly, I think looking from how technology has affected other parts, other industries is is really important. And one example I wanted to pick up on was Uber. Um, what we don't want to do as an industry is to back off um, the the changes that are taking place all around us um, and to start resisting the, the technology and saying, no, no, it can't work. This is the way that, that veterinary medicine um, happens. You must come into a, to a consulting room. Actually, with Uber, um, when they found an opportunity out there because of the technological changes that had, that happened. Um, the first thing that black cabs and other taxi drivers have done is to resist it and to try to ban it and say that it, it's just not appropriate and that's not how the taxi industry works. And actually, customers vote with their feet. Um, people liked Uber, they wanted to use it, and they were going there in, in their droves. Um, and trying to force a ban just just hasn't worked um instead we should be looking at trying to 
find out how this technology can help us, how we could respond and, and see where we can um, integrate it into our industry um, and embrace and adapt it. Um, and so I certainly, you know, going forwards, I think I'm going to, to look at ways that I can try to improve things for my clients. Um, maybe not using this, this every day, um, but little things like those post-operative checks. If a client for some reason isn't able to come into the clinic, I may start to to look at offering some of uh, those clients the opportunity to um, phone in via Skype um, and see whether I get take up and use those cases to start with as a way of dipping my toe in the water, um, finding out the, the difficulties and limitations. Um, and as I become more familiar and comfortable with things, um, then perhaps I can expand that to, to wider areas of, of where I'm consulting. Um, so I hope my ramblings and my thoughts have, have been a little bit helpful and opened your eyes as well. Um, let me know what your thoughts are. Um, I'd love to hear from you. Know if any of you guys are using um, telemedicine technology so far, um, where it's been helpful, where it's not. Um, and... We can go from there. Okay. Uh, and I look forward to hearing from you um, and speaking to you in the next podcast. Take care. Bye-bye.